0: Welcome to this King's Church Talk. We hope that you really enjoy it. If you have any questions, please email us on admin at kingscc.org or you can go to the website www.kingscc.org. Thank you. Well, good morning everybody and great to have you here at King's this morning, whether you're watching by Zoom or YouTube. uh, It's great to have you with us. You're very welcome. Or perhaps you're watching it in a different way, a different format at some time. It's great to have you with you. And this is our second talk uh, through our Advent series. Chris touched on uh, Jesus is the light of the world. Now, last week, Chris was out in the uh, Windlighter Forest. I I can't compete with that. I just can't. So, I'm going to do my preaching in front of our Christmas tree. And with my Christmas jumper on. Just to show that I'm not as curmudgeonly as you think I am about Christmas. I do celebrate Christmas. And here's the living proof. Or at least Lorraine does and I join in. So it's great to have you with us. Um, And if you've got some questions as I go through my talk, please uh, email us on pastoral at kingcc.org and we'll be able to hopefully answer some of your questions. As I said, this is our second in a series. And the first one was Jesus is the light of the world. This morning we're going to focus on Jesus is the hope of the world. Now, Advent, uh, during Advent, we think about two specific things that we focus on as christians one is first of all the first coming of jesus as a baby in bethlehem now in our household we have advent calendars and we're getting things ready presents are being bought and wrapped and cards being written and sent i don't know about you but um we already start thinking about what sort of food we might have on christmas day how's it going to work out i'm anticipating a very very early start for various reasons but You have have your own Christmas preparations. And we prepare to celebrate Jesus' birth on December 25th. But Advent also anticipates a much different thing that's going to happen in the future, which is that Jesus is going to return to the earth. And the Bible, we're going to look at that later on. We're going to look at how the Bible explains all that to us. But that's what Advent's about. And during Advent, we often use Old Testament uh, verses to to talk through, because, as Luther said, the Old Testament is the cradle within which the baby Jesus lies. In other words, we should be able to turn to any Old Testament scripture and look for and find Jesus. It's all pointing towards him. Now, uh, this week, one of the headlines in the newspaper on Monday, which I'm just going to show you now, is this it just says the day oh there we go the day hope arrived i don't know if you can see that the day hope arrived this week has seen a remarkable turnaround we've had such fear and anxiety through our society over the last few months and this week the vaccine's arriving and this week the first people will start to get them and hope has arrived but we're going to look at how jesus a much bigger, brighter, more sure hope than even the vaccine would be. You see, hope has two elements to it. Hope can be hoping for things to happen, but you're not really quite certain it is. So for example, we've not seen our children very much at all this year because of coronavirus. That's very saddening for us as a family. But I'm hoping that they're gonna come Uh, or some of them, will come, arrive for Christmas within the COVID guidelines. Now, I'm hoping that's going to happen, but I'm not certain. Things might change. The coronavirus may still be so rampant that actually right now it's not wise for them to travel. It may be that the weather is so atrocious, uh, because we live in England and the north of England, it might be so atrocious that actually they can't make it. Or they may decide to go somewhere else. To another parent, you know, to a, a, my daughter's husband's parents. Who knows? I'm hoping, I'm making plans, but I'm not sure. It might not happen. The other side of hope is this: that there is a hope which is so so certain, so secure that we know it is going to happen. So, for example, Lorena and I have. A system where basically um, the Christmas present that I want, I buy and she wraps for me. Now that's a bit sad in some ways, but actually it means that I get what I want, not what somebody else thinks I ought to have. I'm certain that on Christmas Day, that when I see the box and present wrapped up already for me, I know what it's going to be. Now you may think that's sad and I understand that and... Um, Or you may actually think, you know what, that's a great idea. Well, you choose, that's fine. That's your choice. But hope can be either something that I think might happen and hope might happen, or it is something that I know is going to happen, I just don't know when it's going to happen. It's a confirmed knowledge. It's certain. It's secure. There is no doubt about it hope is the other side of the coin to fear and anxiety fear and anxiety becomes comes because i don't know what the future holds for me i'm anxious about it i don't know what tomorrow's going to bring is it going to be good news or bad news now things happen and we we look to the future with anxiety and fear because we're not certain what might happen we're not certain what that person's going to respond we're not certain how that person might act towards us we're not certain what they're going to say or we're not certain what actions will happen because if i do this this is going to happen and we start to go down a road of fear and anxiety and because of that i lose all confidence and hope for the future now here's a scripture that's uh, from Job chapter 11, verse 13. And I'm just going to read it to you. Job says, oh, this is what is in the book of Job. If you prepare your heart, we're talking about preparation. If you prepare your heart, you will stretch out your hands towards him. That is God the Father. If iniquity is in your hand, put it far away from you. Do not let injustice dwell in your tents. Surely then you will lift up your face without blemish you will be secure and you will not fear You will forget your misery you'll remember it as waters that have passed away and Your life will be brighter than the noonday. Its darkness will be like the morning and You will feel secure because there is hope You will look around and you will rest in security you will lie down, and none will make you afraid. Many will court your favour, but the eyes of the wicked will fail. All ways of escape will be lost to them, and their hope is to breathe their last. Wow, that's a scripture and a half. Job saying, if you prepare for what's coming, and you trust in the one who knows what the future holds, then there is hope. And security for you so what does that hope mean for us? Well, first of all it's hope for the past. If you read Romans chapters one through six, what you get is this great story of, of God's story being laid out before you through the Old Testament. It's an amazing story that Paul lays out, and it's the story that one day hope would come to the earth. Paul uses the word hopes many, many times through those passages. And we haven't got time to go through them all. But what Paul is building is this picture that from the beginning, from right from the beginning, from Adam and Eve, all the way through the New, uh, Old Testament, there's a theme that hope is going to come. And that hope is, is based on one person. That is the Messiah. If you talked to a person in the Old Testament, if you were able to do that, what they'd be able to tell you is that one day they know for certain that the Messiah is going to come. And everything that they're doing and everything, the whole thrust of the Old Testament is moving towards the time when Jesus, the Messiah, would arrive. And then the silence for 400 years. And after 400 years, we get the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the birth of the Messiah. When Emmanuel would come to earth, God with us. It was the hope and dreams of all the years, as it says in Old Little Town of Bethlehem. All the hopes, all the dreams of all those people were pinned on one person at one time. They didn't know when he was coming. They didn't know when he was going to arrive. They didn't know when his birth was going to be. But that's the story of the Old Testament. Advent is the story of hope fulfilled. It's pinpoint ending of something that was going to happen, but has now happened. It's the end of the kingdom of darkness and the ushering in of the kingdom of light. Something... Dramatic, life-shattering, age-changing has happened. The Messiah has arrived. All the wrongs of the world would now start to be put right. It's a new day when the sick are healed, the blind see, the deaf rise, the broken brokenhearted are healed. It's a time when those in poverty find their value and their place in this world. That's why Jesus, when he starts in Luke 4, his first known uh, uh, preach to a congregation, he quotes directly from Isaiah 61. That's what these words have been taken from. He quotes directly from it and says, this is what's going to happen. The writers of the Old Testament knew something and someone was going to happen dramatically. but They didn't know when. They didn't know how, but they knew it would their hope was certain and secure, and we celebrate advent and we think about Jesus' first coming, well, our hopes for the past have been fulfilled. Jesus has been born that's what we celebrate on december the twenty fifth emmanuel God incarnate dwelling with us, secondly. It's hope for our future. If we continue the Romans theme, here's just a couple of, well, a verse from um, Romans chapter 8, 24. For in the hope, For in this hope we are saved. Now hope is what is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with patience. Something is going to happen in the future and we hope for it with patience. He, en- he enlarges this in 1 Corinthians 15, and th- this whole passage is just such a wonderful passage of what's going to happen when Jesus returns. Read it, find out about it. It's amazing. Things are going to be dramatically changed forever when Jesus returns for his second coming. But this is how he starts off that passage in verse 19. If in Christ we have hope in this world only, we are all men most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. I'm going to go back to my headline. Day Hope Arrived. Now I'm hoping that this uh, this vaccination will start the end of this awful period. But the truth is, actually, my trust isn't in a vaccination. My trust has to be in Jesus and his return. Okay, because... Uh, This will solve some problems, but new problems will arise. It has always been that way in the world. I can just about remember the Cold War. I can remember all sorts of things through my lifetime. Um, If you you recall, in the 50s and 60s, there was a flu epidemic. There's the Cold War. There's all sorts of things happening in the world around us. There was nuclear uh, threats. Then there was the Soviet threat of what might happen and so it goes on and on and on and on and on when one war ends another one starts that's the way it is in in our world and that might sound depressing but actually because my hope is in jesus what he's done for me on a cross what he's done for me through his life through his resurrection through his ascension into heaven i can have hope and trust that one day he will return and my hope is not spoiled It's not disappointed. In fact, Paul says, if we only hope in these things, in the world, what the world can produce, then we are to be people most pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Titus 1, a different passage, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. We hope in something that God has promised. Now, I'm not hoping in the promise just willy-nilly. We hope because we know that when God says he's going to do something, it always happens. That's his track record. I can look back through the Bible, through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, through church history. I can look at my own personal history and say with utter confidence, when God says something is going to happen, it will happen. I just don't know when and how, but I can leave that to him. We know that from the, Old, from the New Testament, Jesus is going to return. That, that passage in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus is going to return to the earth and he's going to bring his kingdom into utter fulfilment. Right now, we only see it in part. Right now, we see things happening. The kingdom is here, but not yet. So we pray for people to be healed from the sick. Uh, Pray for people who are sick to be healed. And sometimes they are healed. We can pray for people to be raised from the dead. And sometimes that happens. We can pray for people in emotional and physical and financial poverty to be healed. And sometimes that happens. It's still a time of injustice. It's still a time of pain and poverty but one day jesus is going to return and the day is coming when the king will return to his kingdom and everyone who believes in him everyone in his kingdom will be totally healed totally whole totally restored total mercy total grace total justice where there'll be no more tears no more suffering no more pain that kingdom is going to come God has promised it. What am I banking on? I'm banking on the promises of God, whose yes is yes, and his amen is amen. If God said it's going to happen, it will happen. Finally, Advent tells us that Jesus is the hope for our past and our future, but also he's the hope for our community. Now, we live in a communities that are full of fear and anxiety. Where I know lots and lots of people, because of some of the work I do, that have addictions of all sorts. We think about drugs and alcohol, but it could be sex. It could be shopping. It could be clothes. It could be music. It could be all sorts of things that we are uh, addicted to because we're trying to dull the pain and the fear and the anxiety of what might or might not happen. We're also trying to dull the fear and pain of what has happened in our past. Now when Jesus' kingdom breaks into our lives, he doesn't change our past, he heals us from it. And we're able to walk in freedom because of what Jesus has done in our lives. We know that um, when people turn to Jesus, we know that their lives can be put back on the right track that he meant for them. Fear stalks our streets. What if I catch the virus? What if my I'm made redundant because of it? What if I have no money? What am I going to do for food? What will the future look like for my children? I'm increasingly hearing stories of young people saying, I don't want to bring my children up in this world. The truth is that when Jesus returns, all these things that were, were stalking us, the things that were causing his anxiety and fear will continue to happen. If it's not one thing, it will be another. And fear will always try to rob us of hope. Pain will tell us that there is no hope. But the story of the gospel is this, Emmanuel Is God is with us. He is the fulfillment of everything that God promised in the Old Testament. And we have the beautiful privilege of having Jesus living and being and and, uh, living and being in our lives through the power of His Holy Spirit. So we are now living ambassadors of the kingdom. You and I, if you're a believer this morning, you and I are representatives of Jesus to our communities. So how is Jesus' hope of our community? Well, it's through you and it's through me. I am meant to be that ray of hope for my community. You are meant to be for your community. We are meant to be hope bearers and hope bringers. The kingdom is both here. We can pray for people to be healed and all the rest of it. And it's not yet. It will happen in its fulfilment. We are living examples of what it should be like to have hope in Jesus. Now, as we are preparing for Advent, as we are preparing for Christmas, we can see the baby Jesus in his stable and that's it. But actually, the good news of the Gospel is this, that one day Jesus is going to return. One day he will bring his kingdom to the earth and we, right now, are hope bringers and givers to the people that are around us. So pray for your friends, pray for your families, pray for your work colleagues, pray for the people you meet at the school gates. Pray because when we pray, we're accessing the father through Jesus, the son. And he wants us to have his kingdom. What did Jesus teach us to pray? Our father is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. If you don't have that hope, that living hope inside you right now, why don't you take some time just to pray and ask Jesus to become your living hope? Why don't you prepare, not just for this Christmas, why don't you prepare for the time when the living hope will return to the earth and usher in his eternal kingdom? Let's just pray. Father, thank you that you have sent Jesus to be with us. Thank you that Jesus is our living hope. Thank you that Jesus uh, brings to us all the answers that we need for the problems we face, for our fears and anxieties. Father, thank you that we are the hope for our communities around this West Cumbrian area, where there is sometimes no hope, where there's fear and panic and anxiety. Lord Jesus, I pray that as a church community we will become a living hope just as you have become our living hope. Have a great Christmas. It's been good to be with you this morning. God bless you.